You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Yeah, good morning. Good morning, everybody. How's, how are we doing? Are we doing today? Are we doing okay today, guys? Yeah? All right. There's like like five people that are excited to be here. That's fine. It's cold outside. I understand. Uh, well, hey, let's uh, read with me here. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you what? And? And a future. And a future. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the family that you've allowed us to be a part of. Lord, we just thank you um, for a building that doesn't leak anymore. And we just, uh, we just praise your name, Lord. And we just pray that you bless our time together. We pray that you, uh, you just speak to, to us today, Lord. And I, I pray for open hearts and open ears as we receive what you want to say to us. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we praise you. And everybody said? Amen. Oh, come on. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Man, amen. Okay, so as I was thinking about what I wanted to speak on today, um, I couldn't help but to think about my year as a whole because, you know, this is the last Sunday of 2018. Um, I, I thought about, man, like, I thought about all the goals that I had set out for myself in 2018, and um, I didn't accomplish a lot of them, to be honest with you. Like, I don't have a six-pack still, and I can't dunk a basketball. But Somebody told me at the last service, they said, you, don't have, you do have a six-pack. It's just covered with a bag of ice. And I was like, oh, that's true. That's really nice. <laughs> but um, but as, I, as I thought about our year as a whole, as a church, my Lord, it has been an amazing year. I mean, you saw we baptized over 230 people. We dedicated over 90 children. We served our community like crazy by donating toys and serving uh, by cleaning out warehouses and serving at the food bank. I mean, give yourself a round of applause because it has been a fun year to serve with you guys together. But as I thought about, you know, my year, of course, you know, we're all going to make a goal. We really should all make a goal for next year. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, join a gym so you can lose about $20 a month, you know, like stuff like that. Like, like think about a goal that you want for your life. And as I thought about the goal that I want each of us to kind of walk into 2019 with, um, it's to live out your purpose more, to live out your purpose more, you know, because I imagine if I went around the room and I asked each one of you, Hey, are you living in your purpose? Um, I would be shocked to find that like majority of us would not confidently say, yeah, I'm living in the purpose um, that God has for my life. And, you know, the reason for that is because we get distracted. I mean, the, the year happens, life happens, and it is a, it is a distracting thing. So today I want to focus on living out our purpose. And so everybody say purpose. purpose. All right, turn to the person next to you and say, you have purpose. purpose. <laughs> now say it like you mean it, okay? No. <laughs> but you have, you have purpose. And God has placed a purpose on each one of your lives. Believe it or not, God looks at you and says, hey, you have purpose. Now, the verse we just read, where God says, hey, I plan to give you uh, uh, hope and a future and for you to be prosperous. Now, those are just byproducts of living out the purpose that God has for your life. And we find this purpose at the beginning of time when God created the heavens and the earth and the, the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the plants and the animals and, and everything that we see today. After he created all that, then on the sixth day, he said this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. God said, who said? God. Okay, God said, just to make sure. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now, this part confused me for a couple of reasons. Well, for a reason. The reason was 
Because if God was up, I always assume God was up there like by himself, you know, like making everything like boom, birds, boom, humans, you know, like that's, that's what I assume. But, but here he's saying, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Well, who's us? You know, if you're not familiar, that's the Holy Trinity. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so God is up there with JC and HG, and they're just talking. They're like, hey, what would make this world perfect? And they said, ooh, I got it, humans. Humans. Let's, let's, let's make humans in our image to be like us. Now, what was kind of cool that I, that I kind of thought of the other day was, was that, you know, when God is talking to, to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit, he's, when he's saying, hey, let's make them in our image, you know, he's not talking about a body first because the Bible says in, in Psalms that, that he knew us before we were in our mother's womb, which means he knew our spirit before he ever knew our body. And so the truest you, the realest you is a spirit that was created in the image of God to be like God. And the way that we accomplish that today, like your purpose is to be like God, if you haven't caught that. Your purpose is to be like God. And the way that we accomplish that is by being one with the, with the God that created us. With we, our spirit has to be one with the God that created us so that we can be like the one who created us. It's, it's kind of like this. Okay, so this is a what? It's not a true question, guys. Come on. What are we doing? It's a, it's a glove, right? And it was made in the image of a hand. And... This glove, to serve its true purpose, has to have relationship with the hand. Because if the hand is not living inside the glove, the glove can be used for a lot of stuff, right? I mean, it can be used for, for anything, you know? You know? That's disgusting. <laughs> but it would never serve its true purpose until the hand is living inside of the glove, and then the glove can do what it was created for, and the same goes for you. In order to live your, in order to live your true purpose, you must have relationship with the one who created you, and have the one that created you living inside of you. And when you do that, then you begin to move confidently into the purpose that God created you for, which is to be like Him. And then you get to receive the byproducts, which are a hope and a future, and, and prosperous, and, and that nothing will come against you or harm you. And so now that we understand our purpose, now that we understand, okay, this is our true purpose. This is what we're created for. This is, you know, how God designed us. Um, we have to also understand that we also have a common enemy. And that enemy, his name is the devil. Not your wife, the devil, okay? Everybody's like, mm. okay, so... The devil. And the devil has one purpose. And we see that in John 10, 10, where the Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. And what is the enemy trying to destroy? Come on, throw it out there. Your purpose. Who said that? Virtual prize. Congrats. All right. Your purpose. He's trying to destroy your purpose. And the way that he attempts to do that is he thinks, man, if I can just damage you just a little bit. If I can jack you up just a little bit, I can derail you from living like God and being like God. And so he does this 
you know, through, through moments like, you know, I'm sure that there's somebody in the audience right now who, can, who knows more scripture than I can, can speak a lot better than I can, but somebody made fun of you when you were in elementary school and the way that you spoke. So now you're convinced you have nothing to say. Or maybe you grew up in a household that had this poverty mindset where living paycheck to paycheck and, and you know, having your lights cut off was just a normal thing. And so now you find yourself as an adult stuck in, this, in the same exact cycle, even though you make twice the amount of money your parents made. You know, maybe you went through a divorce this year or, or you, you just can't seem to have any of your relationships you know, are just not working out and, and you're convinced that just nobody wants you. And it damages you. These are things that, that damage and they hurt and they're real. And oftentimes, these are areas of our life that, that we allow to go unchecked because we either don't want to face it because it's too painful or because it's too embarrassing. But what we're finding is that year after year after year, we go by and these damaged areas remain in our lives and we don't want anybody to know about them. And the enemy will continue to use them, and, and, and those things will hinder us from living out the purpose that God has created us for. Now, if you're sitting in your seat right now, and you're just like, I went through Pill the Onion, and I deal with my damaged areas, like, I'm good. Like, there are plenty of people that I've met that, that said, yeah, I went through recovery, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't say anything about this. I don't want people to know about this, you know? And so, right now, what I want you to do is I want you to identify an area in your life that is damaged. It could be little, somebody stole your pencil one day, or it could be big, but identify it. Identify it. Who here, and we're a family, right? We're, we're bros, we're, we're brother, sister, right? Who here can identify an area in your life that's damaged right now? Raise your hand. Don't say it out loud, but raise your hand. Now look around. You're not alone. We're all a little bit damaged. We're all a little bit jacked up. Right? We say all the time that, that God has a lot of jacked up kids in city churches where we found each other. I mean, that's, I mean, we're, we're damaged. And so today we're going to take these damaged areas in our life and, and we're going to take back control from the enemy. And we're going to face it with the truth that God has for our lives. And so because we're not, because our, our, our truest identity is a spirit that's created in the image of God to be like God, we are, have, we're also given a body, and we were also given a mind. And we see this in 1 Thessalonians 5, where the Apostle Paul says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul, which in this context is your mind, that's Paul, what Paul is referring to, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Paul is saying, you are a spirit that was created first, and you have a body, and you have a mind. These are the three things that you are made up of. And though we were created first with our spirit, though our spirit is created first, we often respond to life's challenges and life's moments with our mind and our body before anything reaches our spirit. Would you agree? And the enemy knows that. Right? The enemy knows exactly how you're going to respond. And so what he does is, is he you know, comes to you. Now, this is you. This, this will represent you. It's beautiful. This is what you want people to see. You throw this on Instagram, put a bunch of filters, and you, you put a super long caption of how blessed you are, right? Hashtag blessed, hashtag loved by Christ. You know, like all these things, right? You put, you put this on Instagram. This is what you want the world to see, what you present. 
You know, like I have, I have a whole bunch of like middle and high school girls that, that I get to teach every week and, and they watch just like countless hours of like, uh, of YouTube videos. Uh, they watch, they, they want to, you know, of makeup tutorials. They want to be like Kylie Jenner one day, you know, and, um, they're trying to do their makeup and, you know, what they got to understand is that, you know, Kylie Jenner has like a glam squad and they're like in the bathroom like this, you know, just kind of doing this thing. And so, so like, this is what you present to the world. And what the enemy tries to do is he, he attacks this. So I'm going to give you guys three words today that we're going to focus on. And it's covering, container, and contents. Everybody say covering. covering. Container and contents. Covering, container, and contents. Okay, this is, this is what you're presenting to the world. Now, your covering is, and, and I'm telling you this because, you know, in order to, to fight off the enemy, we have to understand how he's going to attack us. Yeah, so, we're, so, so your covering is your mind. It's what it controls what you think. It controls how you feel. It controls what you do. Like your mind has a lot of control over your life. And so, so the enemy thinks, okay, if I can just tear away little by little at your mind, then maybe I can convince you that, that you are not good enough to be used by Christ. And so he has you sit in elementary school and, and somebody makes fun of you or nobody picks you on their team and, and it tears at your mind because now you're thinking like, well, I'm, I'm not good enough for this. Or, or you know, you, you become a teenager and you get introduced to porn at a young age and now it's starting to shape the way you view your relationships. And you're thinking like, this is how relationships should be and, and, it's, and it's ripping and tearing at your mind, or, and then you graduate from college and you get a super successful job, um, but your parents still talk down to you and, and still treat you like, like you're worthless and, and, and it rips at your mind because you're thinking like, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, I'm not going to be enough for my parents. And then you go ahead and you meet like the love of your life and you're like, dude, like I found him. I found her. Girl, let me tell you about this guy. He's perfect. But then you find out he's like a little crazy and... And it begins to cut at your life. And now you're thinking like, well, maybe I'm crazy. You know, like, I don't know. And if I had to guess, this is starting to depict maybe a little bit of what we actually look like on the inside. Our covering is a little torn up. The way that people think about us is a little tattered because, a little tattered because you had to live in that homeless shelter for some time and uh, now people look at you as less than, or you got in trouble with the law a little bit and had to serve some prison time, or you had to serve some community service. Now people just look at you as a criminal. And, and the way that you're starting to look at yourself and think about yourself is, is because this is not very pretty, because this is a little torn up, I'm like, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to use this. There's, nobody will ever allow me to be what God has created me to be looking like this. But what you have to understand is that though your covering might be a little torn up, the, the container and the contents on the inside are still good. And we forget that sometimes. We think that just because of the way people think about me, and if it's not good, then that means I'm no good. And, and, and that defines who we are. But the container and the contents are still good. But what happens is we then allow our mind to go unchecked and we allow these torn pieces in our life uh, to go unconfronted. And, and, and we go our, our life without really facing this 
parts of our lives that are torn up um, and it begins to affect our body. It begins to affect, you know, the way we think, the way we feel, the way we act begins to affect our body. And we do things that stains us. We do things that, that stains us because we don't have peace at home. And so you go and, and you smoke out or you get drunk or, or you do something you probably shouldn't be doing. You, you don't feel love by your friends or, or by your family. Um, and so you, you go and you start using your, your body and you start having sex with anybody who thinks you're worth anything. And you begin to then drill holes in your life because you think, because you think like this is, this is the answer. This is how you, how you solve this. You, and then it begins to drill holes in your life, but you keep going back to it because it feels good and you don't want to admit to anybody you're doing it, but, but it feels really good and you, and you feel like you're accepted and you feel like you're loved. Um, but every time you, you're done with whatever you're doing, uh, it leaves holes in your life, but you just keep going back. And before you know it, you have all these holes in your life and you just feel like, okay, well, this is what my life is going to be like now. Just, just hole after hole until, until something finally sticks, but, but, but nothing does. And then you're, you know, you apply for that school and you don't get in. And so you deal with that rejection by going and, and, and hanging out with the wrong crowd or you try to start that business and they tell you you're not going to make it and it fails and you feel like you're not good enough and it beats up at your life. Or you're trying to start that family, but you keep having miscarriages and it's not working and everything you're doing, every doctor appointment, every single thing you try is just beating up at your life. And your life begins to start looking like this. And you walk around and you believe what the enemy is telling you, that nobody wants anything that looks like this. And you give up and you don't know what to do. You walk around and, and you believe nobody wants this. Does this look like anybody here today? Does this look like anybody here today? Has anybody walked in feeling and looking like this? Once you get underneath a beautiful covering and we see who you really are, does anybody look like this container? I wanna encourage you because there's freedom from this. What the enemy is trying to convince you is permanent I'm here to tell you that there's freedom from it. Because there are two perspectives from this box. There's the perspective of the consumer who walks in and looks at this and, and says, I wanted that. It looked pretty good, but it's a little too damaged. You have another one in the back. When they say, no, this is the only one we got. Well, let me get that discount to 20%. Because I know most of us here walk into Walmart look for that damaged box. It's all right. <laughs> or they say, you know what? I'll go somewhere else. I don't need it. It's okay. And then there's the perspective of the one who placed the contents inside the box. The one who knows that the value was never in the covering and it's for sure not in the container. But the value 
is on what's on the inside. And, you know, I can look at this box right now. So it's not opening. And I can say, I'll take whatever's on the inside of this. Because I know that the value of the item is in the contents on the inside. You know, these are a pair of shoes that my father gave me and I, and I did like one of my favorite pair of shoes of all time. I think I look fly in them, I'm not gonna lie. And these shoes, though the container and the covering got totally damaged and totally jacked up, these shoes still hold the same exact value to me right now as a, the moment that I put them inside this box. And we have a God who looks at you and says, hey, I know you're damaged. I know that life hasn't really been that fair to you. I know that you're hurt. But I also know who you are. And I'll take you. I see this damaged box and, and I'll take it. Why? Well, because I made what is on the inside. And just like these shoes, you are just as valuable today as you were the moment that God created you. And you know, I, I have students all the time that tell me, well, how do you know for sure God loves me? Because, because Robbie, you don't know what my dad's done to me. You don't know what my mom's done to me. You don't know what it's like at home. You don't know what it's like at school for me. Like, like how could God know? And I imagine a lot of us here today are feeling the same way. But look at what scripture says. In Hebrews 4.15, check this out. This, this, is, this is gonna blow your mind. I'm, I'm so pumped to share this with you. The high priest of ours understands our what? Understands our weaknesses. He knows what it's like to have a messed up family. He knows what it's like to feel rejected. He knows what it's like to feel unloved. Because look at this next part. For he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. Why? Because he knew that one day he was going to have to pay full price for a damaged product. And so if you're sitting in your seat right now and you're like, I'm too broken, you're not. Because God's looking at you right now. He's saying, I'll take you. If you cheated on your wife this, this year or you cheated on your husband, God's looking, she says, hey, you know what? I'll still take you. I love you anyways. If you walked in and, and, and you're gay and you've been, you know, been picked on for that your whole entire life and, and been rejected your whole entire life, God's looking at you and saying, hey, you know what? I'll take you because I love you. If your kid told you that you were the worst parent in the world this morning, God's looking at you and saying, hey, no, you're not. I'll take you because I love you. If you sat here the entire time and said, this talk's not for me because I'm not damaged anywhere. You know what? God's still saying, I'll take you and I love you because he knows you. I'll take you. Because when God said, let's make humans in our image, God created your spirit and he gave you a container that he placed your content in. And then he gave you a covering. 
And though you've been damaged, though you've been beat up, though your covering's been torn up a little bit, the goods are still there. And you're still as valuable as the day that he placed you into this world. And so as we step into 2019 this year, I want us to be encouraged. I want us to be pumped up because we can now step into a relationship, into a friendship with the God who created the universe to start living out the purpose where it can, with, with, you know, the attack from the enemy completely removed because God looks at you and says, hey, you can still do it. You didn't waste too much time. If you're sitting here thinking you wasted too much time that you should have graduated by now, you should have been married by now. If you're sitting here thinking, I wasted too much time, that's a lie of the enemy. You did not waste too much time. You can start today. You're not too far gone because God says, I'll take you. And when we fully understand that, then we can step into this truth that's given to us by the Apostle Paul, Ruth in Romans chapter eight, where he says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's what? Love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's what? Oh, come on, say it like you mean it, family. Love, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you want to receive that today, just put your hands together because that's... And to most of us, it's like, oh yeah, we'll prove it, God. Well, he did. He says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb and I chose to die for you before you, were, you took a step on this earth. I chose to give my son to be born with a virgin, to live a perfect life and to die an incredible death on a cross. I chose to pay full price even though I knew that you were gonna go through this life and you were gonna be a little bit damaged because I love you. And so let's bow our heads together. And if you walked in here today and, 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 and you have walked a life that has been removed from the relationship that God has, with, that God has prepared for you, then, and you're ready to step into a relationship with Christ. And the Bible says that you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that salvation is gonna come to you. And so if you're ready to step into that, I want you to pray this with me and again, it's a condition of your heart. Believe in your heart that Jesus, I know that my life has kept me from you up until today. I know that I've gone through this life and I've been damaged. But today, today I choose to step into a relationship with the God who created me to be like him. And Jesus, I, I choose to leave the distractions behind and I thank you for looking at a damaged product and paying full price for it anyways. And so God, I, I just pray that you just put a crazy, just incredible hedge of protection over each one of us, Lord, as we step out of this building today, Lord, into the world and we face all of 
life's challenges that the enemy has prepared for us, but I pray that we step into those things with the full confidence that you have our back, you have created us to overcome. Luke 10, 19 says that, that you have given us the authority to trample over snakes and scorpions, that nothing will harm us. And I believe that. And so God, I, I just thank you again. And I just pray that anything that may be distracting us from living out the purpose that you have placed in our life, I pray that you remove that right now in the name of Jesus, because it has no place in our life. And I pray that you shift our focus back on you and back on the life that you have prepared for us. And so God, we love you. Lord, we thank you. And most importantly, we praise you with all our heart. And it's in your name, everybody said. Oh, come on, everybody said. Amen. Amen, guys. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.